Welcome to Songwriter Trysts. This is an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to the website and you can buy me a coffee at www.songwritertrists.com. Welcome to A Songwriter Trist with Caitlin Quisenberry. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. I love your music. I loved Get Loud With Me, especially the music video. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about your journey and where your music comes from. So I get everyone to start by introducing yourself and say, who are you and where do you come from? Awesome. I'm Caitlin Quisenberry and I'm a country music artist and songwriter. Mm -hmm. I am originally from Denver, Colorado, but over the summer this year, I just moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Yay. What inspired the move outside of Um, music, obviously? Yeah, music really was the main uh, motivator there. I just decided to finally take it as a full-time career. Uh I quit my nannying job that I was doing and I just decided, you know what, you only have one life and I got to go live it. So here I am. (laughs) And everyone always says, you've got to live in Nashville. You've got to be in Nashville. Did you have someone saying that to you and saying you've got to be here? I did. I think that you don't necessarily have to, given that the technology we have now, which is awesome. So you're Mm. able to communicate from all over the world. But I did have some people saying to me, especially management, just there's so many people in Nashville that are trying to make it that why would they like look at someone that's all the way over in Colorado? And the other thing is that you're just surrounded by everyone and all these amazing songwriters. And I feel like you're just able to grow in your craft a lot faster if you're living in Nashville. Yeah, I've been told both those things and some people have told me that they didn't really believe that you had to be in Nashville either, but just having mm-hmm. a Nashville address when applying for festivals and things like that, like they love it. And They do. It's, yeah. yeah, it's funny, but it's true. Oh, it's like location. No, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So where did music start for you? Tell me about when you wrote your first song. Yeah, music has always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. My grandfather is a Southern Baptist minister mm-hmm. And he's 89 right now, so he's still alive, and uh, he actually still preaches. I just remember growing up, I would go and listen to his sermons, and in the middle of his sermons, he would always just break out into song. And yeah, it was really awesome, but I just thought it was like normal because of musical. (laughs) (laughs) And But it was really awesome. And yeah, I was like three years old, and I remember watching that, and So it just always was a part of my life. And then I started singing. My parents always encouraged me to sing around the house. My dad always sings around the house. So yeah, it's just always been a part of my life. But I didn't first start songwriting until I was like eight. I've always been in the music industry. But before that, I would be pitched songs by songwriters. And um, I recorded my first EP when I was 14 years old with a Grammy award-winning producer, but all of the songs are pitched to me from songwriters. And I just thought that's, you know, how you do it. (laughs) I didn't even like really think about songwriting until I got a little older. 
Wow. So what happened at 18 that made you go, oh, I can do this? I actually was dating someone at the time and he was an amazing pianist. And so we would always just have fun, sing cover songs. And then one Mm. day he started playing this beautiful melody and I just started singing above him. And he was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Let's write a song. And so we started writing together. Wow. And did you, you guys still together or... No, we're not, but we're still really good friends. And it's actually cool. His uncle was in Five for Fighting. He was the lead singer. And so I, whenever we were over at his house, he had a beautiful piano and a recording studio in the house. And so we would always just hang out in there. And it really sparked my songwriting interest. That's definitely a bonus to have that. Yeah, exactly. So was there a clear moment like around all of that happened that made you realize that's what you wanted to do or like even you said you quit your nannying job what happened that made you go I can do this full-time like this can be me yeah it it was it's interesting because the music has always been all around me but Mm. somewhere along the way I didn't think that it was like a a practical career that I could make a living doing and yeah and so I, I started I knew I loved the entertainment industry but I thought okay, I need to be practical about this. So I, after I graduated from Pepperdine University, I was taking a gap year mm. and studying for the LSAT to become an entertainment lawyer. And so I had taken some classes at Pepperdine Law. I graduated with a certificate in conflict management and dispute resolution. And I was just nannying full-time, studying for the LSAT, and that's what I was going to do. And then I just was so drained. I was exhausted from my job. And then I'd come home and study and it was like horrible. Mm. And so one night I was like, okay, I just need to get back to what I love. And so I sang a Chris Stapleton song and I just posted it on my Instagram. And I was like, okay, this is, I just have to do this like for myself. Mm. And I posted on Instagram and it got um, flagged by a producer in Nashville. And he said, I love your voice. I hear something special. I would love to form a band around you. If you could fly out here, we could use a lot of our means and resources and help jumpstart your music career. Wow. And make you a breakout artist. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, Nashville. I didn't even know about Nashville, to be (laughs) honest. I'd never been to Nashville. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what's going on in Nashville? So in October of last year, I went out to Nashville for the very first time Mm. and I recorded five songs And I just thought, oh, either way, this is going to be fun and I'll have my voice recorded, like whatever. And I put out my first song in February and it ended up premiering on CMT. And (laughs) yeah, and so it just like, I had some kind of like quick success with it. And it just made me think, okay, you know, I'm actually having so much fun with this is actually what I love to do. So why not go for it and try it while I can? So yeah, my life just took a turn from that one Instagram post. (laughs) Oh, and I'm so glad that it did because we all need that someone and something to believe in us and, yeah, help us yeah. become the person exactly. that we're meant to be. Yeah, that's Especially so Especially cool. when it's someone outside of your parents too, you know, <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah. maybe there's something there. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like they believe in us, but in the background, I think they also have that fear, which we sense of you need a job, you need to be able to support mm-hmm. yourself. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it takes special types of parents to really understand the music industry to be able to encourage and say, yeah, I'm pretty sure you could do something with that. Because uh, most people totally, just don't yeah. know how it works. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like a foreign language that no one really understands in and out of. Mm. So when you were making the songs and saying to develop who you are as an artist and, and what your goals are, did you break down to who you are as, as a musician or an artist and what your core message and feelings are that you want to portray to your audience? 
Yeah, I've actually been working on that a lot recently. So I released five songs last year, which was super busy and crazy. And I, I did some more bluegrass country and some more pop country. And I was just trying to really figure out what I wanted to say as an artist and Mm. the message I wanted to spread. And so actually over the last seven months, I haven't released any music because I've been really focused on what is that message? Who am I as an artist? What is my sound? And I've been writing a lot and just really trying to figure that out. And so actually just this morning and last week, I've been recording six songs that I'm going to release as an EP this year. Wow. And yeah, this is a really exciting time for me because I feel like I'm really honing in on my message that I want to send to my fans and just been writing and really finding my own voice. And it's so important to do that. People would always say to me, you have to find your sound as an artist. And I'm like, what is that? What do you mean? I like, (laughs) I have my own voice. This is my sound. (laughs) Yeah. But now I totally understand it. Like you really do have to just give it a little bit of time before you figure out what you want to say. evolve like it it might be something today and then next year it might be something else because that's life you grow and learn and then grow more and learn more (laughs) totally yeah and that's the cool thing is you can go back years and years and see different parts of artists and see what they were going through in that period and moment in their life absolutely so have you been doing much co-writing since being in nashville and working with these this band i have yeah I, i was really lucky i've been working with Ben Simonetti a lot. He's the writer for Zach Brown Band. He has 30 cuts with him. And actually, he was my very first co-write when I moved here. Wow. Which was terrifying because <laughs> I was put in the room with him and all these, uh, this one other woman, and she has a publishing deal with Warner Ch- Chample. And so I was like terrified, wow. but it was really awesome for me because I, I got to learn from some of the top songwriters here. So yeah, I've been able to co-write with them, a couple friends around town, but it's really it is really fun the co-writing community here is really awesome yeah that's awesome so what have you learned about co-writing and have you worked into a rhythm where you do something specific beforehand to prepare or something that you always take to a co-write it just depends sometimes I'll come up with an idea I'll just have an idea like Mm -hmm. it won't even be a melody or a verse yet and then Mm -hmm. they'll just go from it from there like one song that we wrote that was really cool is Ben was in the middle of moving and he was talking about what a pain it was to like have to move. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I know I watched this Netflix show called minimalist yeah. and they just, they got rid of all their stuff and it was so yeah. nice and so easy to move around. And our other writer, Jesse, he's, Hey, that's a good like song. Like maybe we should write about taking only what you need when you leave. And so, yeah, sometimes it honestly comes out of like a conversation we have when we get in the room. You come in with a really awesome plan or like a really cool lick and then that just goes out the window and you end up right. Yeah, that always happens, doesn't it? But yeah, (laughs) it's nice to arrive with something. So you've got something to start with, even if it doesn't end up. Totally. Yeah, Yeah. Just in case. It's always good to have something in your back pocket. Absolutely. 
So what would you say the best advice is that you've ever been given around songwriting? I think the best, I have a lot of advice that I've been given that's awesome, (laughs) but I think one of them is that you have to be the first believer in your music. And I think that's so important because you you always want to get outside opinions and you do care about what people think of your music, but you honestly have to be the first believer in your music because if you don't believe it, then no one else will. Like if it doesn't inspire you, then it's not going to inspire anyone else. Yeah. Oh, that's really good advice, actually. Like you've just got to – it's the honesty, like the authenticity. It comes through, doesn't it, when you're performing and – Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I know so many people that put out music that they weren't passionate about and then they had to perform it for years and years. Yeah. Every time someone would request request that song, they'd be like, no, I don't want to sing it. (laughs) Like that's horrible. You want to like absolutely love what you're singing and what you're saying because yeah, you might have to do it for many years to come. (laughs) Yeah. I have heard that if you release a song, make sure you love it because if it becomes a hit, you could be mm-hmm. singing it for 50 years and even a 50-year-old song is going to get mundane no matter how good it is. But, but artists that have songs that they love and they, they'll perform it differently every time they perform it. It evolves and changes as they grow as an artist, but it's still the same song. It's just... Absolutely, fresh. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and you're still fairly fresh at being an artist and releasing your music as you are now, but would you have some advice to a younger person who maybe just wants to start being a songwriter or start out even being an artist what would or or even if you could go back to yourself a few years ago and give yourself some advice what would you say yeah I have a couple things on that I think the biggest thing is you'll hear so many knows when you're first starting out with anything you do there's a lot of opinions or people might not like you or it's not the right timing and you'll hear Mm -hmm. the word no and I think a lot of people stop what they're doing because they don't want to hear that rejection. Mm. And so there's so many times that I've heard the word no in my life and and it could have stopped me from singing or acting or anything else I was doing, but I didn't let that be the sole dictator of my life. And you have to just get used to hearing the word no as if someone was like, do you want an iced tea? No, thank you. Like it's yeah. really, you have to just shrug it off. Yeah, it's not <laughs> because personal. It, It's not personal and you can't take it to heart. I've auditioned for American Idol when I was 15 and I've gotten a golden ticket in one city and I've heard no in another. You really can't let that, that one person's opinion on that one certain day affect the rest of your life. So that's one thing I'd say. And then another piece of advice I'd give to a new songwriter is just, actually, this is from... J.R. Schumann, he he works for Sirius XM, but he told me this awesome advice and he just talked about, I don't know if you know that book, but it's called Think and Grow Rich. And he said, just read the chapter on persistence because he said, if you just start with chapter nine on persistence and read it for 14 days straight, and if you miss a day, then start over because persistence is the number one thing that a songwriter or an artist needs. You just have to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. Yes, you do. But you can never fail if you never quit. You ever heard that one? Mm. Yeah. I like that. You just got to keep going. And if you're afraid of failure, then never quit. And then you'll never fail. Just keep going. I I, I love it. It's like I I did a lot of acting and modeling before I was brave enough to do music. And I I think I learned the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's not personal. It's just they're looking for a particular look or Mm -hmm. whatever and and they can't get to know you. Or Or you remind them of like their (laughs) (laughs) ex-girlfriend. I don't know. Like there's a million. Absolutely. (laughs) And they only usually spend a few minutes on you and they have to get the vibe and 
if it's not yeah, that, it's there's not politics personal. involved and whatever else. So exactly, there's they need their token female and all those things. But yeah, it is it's it is a really good skill to be able to know that your worth is not based on what other people around you say, but it comes from within you, and mm. no one else can give you that feeling of worthiness. Like it is something that comes internally and. Yet for so long and, and the whole world makes us believe that we have to get it from outside validation, whether it's through a, a partner or a relationship or a job or success and recognition. We can seek that, but it'll never fill that hole that we feel. Oh, totally. And I'm yeah. and I'm preaching this, but I still struggle <laughs> with that too. It's like yeah. a daily reminder that you have to remind yourself that it's great to take constructive criticism and people's opinions, but to always remember your worth and that you should value your opinion over everyone else's at the end of the day. Absolutely. You got to do it for you. And that's actually Mm -hmm. all that matters. That's beautiful. So speaking of inspirations, if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh man, there's so many still on my list. I I still feel very new to the songwriter community, honestly. Um, I guess one would be Shane McAnally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him, but do you ever watch that TV show? It's that songwriter TV show. No, oh, but I have. I feel like I've heard of it. As soon as you say his name, I'm like, oh, why do I know that? <laughs> yeah, it's. I can't think of it right now. It. It's probably like song singer. I don't know what it is, but anyways, it's so good. They. He's on the show, mm-hmm. um, and they literally take like they they have different singer songwriters perform their song for a really well-known artist. Like one time they had Old Dominion on there. They have Kelsey Ballerini and he's one of the mentors and he takes your song and you guys get to rework it or fix things. And yeah, he just seems like such an awesome person. So I'd love to write with him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Perfect. Are they still running the TV show or I haven't, I don't think it's in Australia. Yeah, it's still on. I think you can watch it on demand or on normal TV. I don't even have oh, normal okay. cable, but, but yeah. yeah, you can watch it like like through your laptop. But it's awesome. I totally recommend it. He actually produced Carly Pierce's new album, Twenty Nine. Oh, okay. And co-wrote a bunch of those songs. Some people are just very talented, aren't they? And work very yeah. hard, obviously. I I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, that's all my official questions. What have you got? plan for this year you said you've got an ep when do you think that's going to be out yeah we actually i just went to my producer's studio this morning and we were laying down all the guitar for it which was so much fun i've actually been filming all the behind the scenes for everything because yeah i never have done that in the past but i think people are really interested in it now they really want to see like how the record is actually made because a lot of people have never been in a recording studio in their life or don't even know how people write songs and so i think that's so cool to be able to share that through Mm. youtube or social media so I've been filming all of that and the plan is, I don't have an exact date yet, but definitely sometime probably within the next three months, I'll release a single and then I'll release the rest of the songs. Oh, um, so the, yeah, there's six of them, but yeah, I'm super excited. This is like a whole new sound for me and yep. I'm working with amazing producers and I was able to write half of the songs. We Yay. actually didn't finish writing one of the songs until... It was midnight the night before. (laughs) (laughs) So I know. And then I have other songs that were written like three years ago. So it's just songs. Sometimes they just, some of of them don't see the light of day for 10 years and others are written the night before. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes that's just the way it works. They're written at a certain time and they're not released a lot later. And it's just, I believe in 
divine timing. So I think everything happens at exactly the right time that it's meant to happen. And it's when it's needed. Oh, so. oh totally. That just reminded me. I don't know if you've read this book, but it's called The Artist Way. No, The Artist Way. Yeah, you have to read it. For any like creative person out there that's listening to this, you have to read The Artist Way. It is so amazing. I read it this year and it just talks about a lot of like divine timing and purpose. And it's just a really good motivating book for any creative out there. I remember green, the grass, the scent of spring. There was hope in my heart. I believed in everything. I can still feel red, fire in my bed, burning in your arms, but now the fire is gone. right when right after that everything shut down and yeah it was weird because you want to play out and show people your new music yeah. and get a reaction and you can't so it was all off live streaming which was totally different but yeah i'm happy we have but still <laughs> yeah it's weird timing isn't it i released my first single in january last year oh that's awesome i have to look up your music <laughs> i can send you a link but yeah it was like probably so around the similar, same timing and then I, I i released five singles last year as well so like, some of them were just oh, yeah. online yeah or i had i think at one stage when i released a single you were allowed to have 20 people in your house maximum and that was pretty lucky for us so we had a little house single release gathering oh that's fun so you got to feel the love and support <laughs> yeah and we had a jam night and got the fire pit going and hung Funny. out and celebrated but yeah it's not the same as doing like a, a full show and yeah and that, that's why I started this podcast like I just needed to connect with like-minded people like you Caitlin and just I don't know constantly feel like I'm still a part of the music world and meeting people who are going through the same things I'm going through and yeah it's been nice just to yeah that's I love I've been listening to a couple of your um episodes before coming on here yeah and it's so awesome I'm like a total fan of your podcast now (laughs) (laughs) because it is great to feel that camaraderie and that community again within the industry that's been shut down so Mm -hmm. I'm so happy you started this oh thank you it's been so cool to be able to connect with people all over the world and Everyone has a different story, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been doing it for 50 years. It's just, it's cool to be able to learn from each other, but also be able to support and validate each other in what we're doing. It's it's so important, but it can be really isolating as well, especially during COVID. But um, I know. Yeah. But that's the cool thing too about everyone's journey is there's no one right way to success and no No. magic formula. So it's really cool to hear everyone's stories and you can take notes and see how they did it, but everyone's journey will be different. Exactly. Everyone gives different advice. Like I've literally had one person say, no, I think that I don't like co-writing anymore. But he did co-writing for, I think it was Kevin Welch. He did co-writing for 30 plus years in Nashville to the point that he's, no, I just want to do my own thing now. And then he had a hit single with Chris Stapleton and he was the only hit song in the billboards that was a solo writer. And I'm like, that is an achievement. That's amazing. I I feel him like 
Co-writing has been hard for me because Mm. I have a hard time opening up to people. And that's, you have to do that. Like you have to strip down and just show your emotions and open up. And it's been great, but it's, that was like the hardest thing for me when I first started. Yeah. It's just letting my walls down. And you have to do that as an artist as well. Like it's such a vulnerable, brave thing to do. And the more and more you get into it, I feel like that's, that is my biggest challenge is sharing my songs because my songs are, for me, they're really vulnerable because there were songs that I wrote when I thought no one would ever hear them like right. in my bedroom and no one's ever going to hear this so I can say whatever I want. And now I'm singing them to the world. I'm like, oh. I know that's the funniest thing. Or if you write it about like an ex or something and then your current boyfriend, like, <laughs> who are you singing about? It's fine. It was five years ago. Yeah. I think I write a lot of love songs because I love connection. I love self-love and connection with other mm. people. And yeah. yeah, I was like, I was literally jamming with someone last night and um, reading through some of my old lyrics. And I, I was so embarrassing. Some of the lyrics that came out, I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I even thinking? Like, that's so corny. And they're just like, whoa, what did you, what were you writing that about? Like, but yeah. I'm like, please don't make me explain. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes I read stuff, you read stuff and it's, I don't even remember writing that, but it's my handwriting. Like, okay. so it, it's a journey. So yeah, yeah. you get better at it, I think. Yeah, definitely. Actually, in that, it's funny that you said that you didn't remember writing it because in that yeah. book, The Artist's Way, one of the exercises you do is you wake up and you just write your morning pages. Yeah. So you write like full three full pages yeah. and you don't read them and you don't correct the spelling and you don't do anything with them for eight weeks. And you're not even allowed to go back and read what you wrote or anything for eight weeks. But yeah, it's really cool because it allows you just let loose and not yeah. be a perfectionist and get it out there, which I think we do a lot when we songwrite. If we're yeah. really in the, in the right state of mind and in the mode, then we're just freely writing and freely expressing. Yeah. You have to be able to laugh at yourself and just yeah. be so... <laughs> I'll tell you like one of the lines that we both just cracked ourselves up as for some reason, I don't know why I wrote this. I must have been love drunk or something. But I said, I, wa- I think I want my rocking body on your rolling stones. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? And we were pissing ourselves. Like, what is that? That is so funny, but it could totally work. Like, I can see, I don't know, like Kiss or like Death Ref, like cutting that song. <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah. pour some sugar on me. I don't know. <laughs> and I think a lot of it was also like naive. Like I didn't really know what I was writing at the time because I've been writing for so long. And I just had I have I, I went through my my closet this year at the start of the year. I did a day where I just organized myself. And oh, nice. I don't know if you're like this, but I would have I had so many journals that just had a few pages of songwriting or co- or like just notes or ideas scattered throughout and it was such a massive pile what I did was I just went through all the books and I ripped out all the pages that had the lyrics on them and I just put them all in a, in a binder and then I could throw out all the notebooks because they were years old <laughs> and I was not yeah. going to reuse them and so I was going through those and that's why I just I hadn't reread most of them I just organized them yeah reading through it was some of the things I'm like I don't think that's what I meant when I wrote it but <laughs> the way that I read it now <laughs> oh it's hilarious do you when you go back and you read your eight week old have you done it, like that exercise? I, I have done it. I haven't read it yet. I'm in the middle of it. Do you, do you Have you got back to eight-week part where you're rereading what you wrote? No, I'm oh, at okay. six weeks. But okay. the, what you're supposed to gain is like this perspective where at the time, like maybe it didn't make sense. If it, Since it was like eight weeks old, now you look at it and you see it with different eyes. And you're like, wait, yeah. actually, I could take it this 
direction or something like that. So it just gives you this perspective and this new eye on things, which I'm excited to do. That's crazy. One of my second songs, which was a February, it was a Valentine's Day song last year. It, it came out of me like in one take randomly. I was just testing out a microphone. I was like, I'll just try this. And I was recording it. And the whole song came out exactly as is. First <laughs> Don't take. you love when that oh, happens? <laughs> it's creepy, right? And then I yeah. shared it on Facebook and within two months, not even two months, I think that song was recorded and released. And I, oh my gosh. I, st- I was doing interviews on release day, on Valentine's Day, and I, they were like, oh, so how did the song come about? What does it mean? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and the interviews were terrible because I was just talking nonsense because I still had no idea what it meant. <laughs> and yeah, it's it was like, like so fresh and new that you hadn't processed it. <laughs> yeah, and it probably took me a good six months when I was listening to it again and I was playing and I finally was at this event and I was like, now I know what this is really about for me. And I like, it was like my body was singing the song and, and my inner higher conscience, consciousness was there. And but yeah, channeled it, was, it or something. That's I, crazy. I was so blind to it when it first came out. And then, yeah, it just evolved. So it's one of those things. It's weird. But I, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend writing and releasing a song within two months. Give it more time. <laughs> No, I know. Even when I, I was like finishing, I was doing the demo at midnight and I was going to the recording studio the next morning. Yeah. And I would not recommend that either, but it worked out. But yeah, it's definitely a little stressful. Yeah, it's hard. I'm really looking forward to um, hearing your new stuff and your new sound. And I'm going to put all your socials and Spotify and links for people to find you, follow you, get involved reach out to you um, and that'll be on the website and in the description of all the podcasts no matter where anyone's looking you'll be really easy to find and listen to your music and we'll put little snippets of your music in so people will be tempted to come and listen to you but yeah thank you so much for for jumping on here and sharing so vulnerably and openly with me and I'm really looking forward to seeing where things go for you especially once Nashville and, and the US starts to open up a little bit more Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, same with you. And it was so nice getting to talk to you. And I love what you're doing. So keep doing it. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you're part of the Songwriter Trist family now. So you're in. (laughs) Yay, I'm in. Thank you. Thanks for joining our Songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can hear me. Wish I could.